Hello, and welcome to the Cross-Functional and Friendly Podcast. I'm Stella Garber, and I'm here with my pals in tech, Kristen Habach and Nikita Miller. On this podcast, we talk about all things tech, startups, product, marketing, and sales, you name it. We're tech industry veterans, and we have a, a lot of opinions based on our collective experience. As for me, I'm a marketing executive slash serial entrepreneur slash angel investor, and I've got some exciting news to share today. Funny you should mention that. I've also got some exciting news to share today. Hi, folks. I'm Kristen Habak, currently an executive at Shogun, which is a fast-growing startup. Today's episode is all about transitions, life transitions, and career transitions. All three of us have gone through some really big ones recently, and we'll be celebrating each other's successes and talking through our choices. And while it's an exciting, albeit nerve-wracking topic, we think it's really important for us to share a little bit more about how we go about making these decisions, about what to do next, and also, you know, how do we know whether or not we've made the right choice, if we've made the right choice. My name is Nikita Miller, and I'm the head of product at The Knot Worldwide. And in addition to talking about transitions today, we're also just going to celebrate our wins, which That's I don't right. think we do enough of. No. In this industry, there definitely aren't enough women. And for some reason, the press likes to make it seem like we don't support each other. And that has not been my experience, especially with these two, who I've only experienced support and empathy from. And let's get at it. You all are powerful, successful, amazing executives. So let's hear about what's going on. And Kristen. You texted us a few weeks ago with some super exciting news. Yeah, it's been a bit of a whirlwind, but a few months ago, I officially transitioned from my my role leading go-to-market and moved into a president and COO role at Shogun. So it's always like uncomfortable to accept praise. So thank you guys for pushing that on me. Uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been really exciting and I've kind of taken on the full, really the full executive management of the team, team at Shogun. So all of the exec team reports into me and our CE has really, he's a technical founder and has really leaned in heavily onto the, the product and engineering side. And that's where he's super passionate about. And so he and I are partnering kind of by bringing the business functions out along those lines. So we're very excited to celebrate, Kristen. When you sent us that text message the other day, I was actually out on a run and I literally was on this trail with my hands in the air, like <laughs> screaming. I was so excited to get it. So we're really excited and proud of you. But we also know that it's a big transition and it's really challenging. So yeah. maybe share a little bit about what that transition's been like, especially that happened so quickly. Yeah. Yes. And thank you. You sent me a lovely voice memo where you're like, <laughs> and I, I, of course, was sitting on the couch somewhere as, as, you know, as indicative of mixing two personalities. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it is a, it is a fast transition. I think one of the things that for me, you know, it's this transition between like having these folks who've been my peers become, you know, technically my report, which I think is like a, an interesting challenge to be going through. I've been super fortunate that I think we have a really, we have a great exec team that works really well together. And, you know, I think they really respect what I'm doing. And I think I've built a lot of trust with them over the last, you know, year and change, but it's still like a it's transition, right? It's like, I used to text you and complain about stuff. And now like, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's been interesting. I mean, and also just like, I think finding my voice and things like starting to push back on stuff where it's even the small stuff, right? But it's like realizing that like, no, I, I, I get to do this. And, and our CEO, you know, has definitely been like, 
no, you're the final say. Like, you can ask me. I'm happy to give you my opinion, but it's your call. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, it's exciting to have that authority. But at the same time, it's like, oh, the guardrails are off <laughs> a little bit. And so it's that's been a real transition that I'm, I'm, you know, still adjusting to. And and about how has your day to day changed? Yeah, my day to day, you know, has changed in the sense of like. I, I'm not as in the weeds on the sales stuff, which I think in marketing stuff, which I think is, you know, there is that little like controlling element that I think a lot of us probably would have trouble giving up the thing that is like our specialty. And so there's this little element of me where I'm like, I can't be in like every, I can't do every call coaching exercise. I can't listen to a couple of calls a week necessarily consistently. Like I have to trust my team to do that. Like I was like, I probably don't need to be in on every SDR interview. Like I'm just trying to figure out like how, how far I pull up while still being connected mm. to it. But then I have to then, you know, spend a lot more time in different teams that I, I haven't been spending time in and getting used to that and figuring out what that looks like. So I would say that my day to day, it's like, it's a lot of the same with just different players in it. Right. It's like a lot of, you know, I'm still meeting with a lot of teams. I'm still digging into a lot of stuff, but it's like just different folks in that. Or like, if I look at a budget, you know, if I have a meeting about budget, I have, to, I look at every department's budget and mm. kind of talk about how they'll, instead of looking at just my budget, which, you know, you really realize like, mm. How many, and one of the things I've I've just been shocked by it's like every department's like I just need this one tool or I just need this one extra head <laughs> and, and I'm like you realize like everybody's asking me for this this week so seeing that perspective has been really really hmm. fun and interesting and different than you know you get it a little bit as being people's peers but to really understand like yeah ask at scale across a company even at like you know 150 people or so it's, yeah. it's pretty incredible. You started as chief sales officer, yeah. what was it, a year ago? Has it been over a year? Yeah, a little and, over a year. Yeah, it was February. It was a year. And then you were promoted to chief revenue officer. And yep. now you're C, chief operations officer yeah. so that, and president. So that's yeah. that's amazing. That's a two big yeah. humps. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. And I think like with the the sales you know, thing, it's like the sales transition, the CRO transition, it was really – I mean, it was really mostly like an external titling thing. I don't think the day-to-day changed all that much other than kind of having like, instead of being a really heavy stakeholder in in marketing, I was like the decision maker in marketing. But this has felt like a significant transition. Like, whereas that one felt like a bump of a transition. This one feels like a step in in kind Mm. kind of change. Mm. It's, It's definitely significantly different. Yeah. As you were thinking about kind of this expanded scope and purview, well, one, obviously, were there any other personal considerations as you moved up? And did you consider not doing it? Like what went into that? Um, I mean, yeah, I think from a personal consideration standpoint, you know, I think, again, like I was really fortunate to kind of know the team and the dynamics and I knew it wasn't going to change that. It's not like all of a sudden I'd be having to get on the road a lot more or something because I was doing this. So I think that one was a little bit easier. I, I don't know if I considered not doing it, but I definitely think I was like, let's understand what this actually means. Like what's the working dynamic between the co-founders and myself? And like, if I'm going to do this, am I actually going to have like enough leash to 
to do things or because that, that was going to be that was really important to me right like I didn't want to just be still running every little thing through for a proof and I wanted to also make sure obviously that it was it was well supported and so right. I think no I mean our my CEO and I have I think a really good relationship and he and I talked about it pretty candidly and I really l- love the team and I think like if it's something that helps the company and it's good for me too. You know, it's, yeah. it's, in my opinion, it's a win-win. So I think it really plays to like my strengths in terms of being <laughs> an experienced operator, you know, who has done a lot of this stuff at scale and it l- allows him to really play to his strengths as a technical founder and really like this, you know, in early days like that, it's like, the technical founder is oftentimes the single most experienced product person and engineering person. And, you know, he was the one who really built it and architected it from day one. And I think that is an expertise that I'll never have. And so I think it, it allowed us to truly partner in a really beneficial way where I could take off a lot of the stuff he didn't have extreme passion maybe in doing, or, you know, didn't want to spend his time necessarily doing that. And it freed him up to do the stuff he loves. And for me, it's like, I love the operator stuff. That's one of the things I really enjoyed doing from a board perspective and these other perspectives, which is like seeing operations at scale. And so, you know, I remember we talked about several episodes ago, right? You guys were like, Hey, you're CRO now. Like what's next? And I was like, I kind of don't know. Like (laughs) I don't know. And I think this is actually a great next step for me because I don't know if like staying in sales leadership forever was it, right? It kind of became like April was saying, yes, last last week's episode or earlier week's episode, whatever it is, of like, you know, at some point you kind of you've kind of seen it, like you've seen the show a little bit. Listen, I haven't seen it every way, shape, and form, I'm sure. But I was like, I've seen it sort of. It's like seeing a couple of CSMIs. Like I generally know the flow of what this is going to be. But this is like, I don't I don't know. This is new. And that's really fun and exciting. So yeah, I, I never really considered not taking it. But it definitely was something where it's like, okay, can I do this? Yeah. <laughs> can I be successful doing this? So we'll see. Yes. The jury's out yet. <laughs> yes. Thank you. And I guess last question on this, as you mentioned, you know, we'd asked about what's next a few episodes ago. Yeah. How, how have your goals changed, if at all? Yeah. I mean, I think the the goals have changed, you know, a, a lot now in this case, which is, I think, you know, it, I always had goals around growing the business and and stuff like that, obviously growing any business. Like Liz said, right? Like I want my shares to right. be worth something. A great Liz Hall quote, which is like honestly my goal as well. But I do think like this is if I can if I can really learn, I think it's a lot more of learning, maybe even in this as a goal, maybe than just executing well. It's like just want to learn a lot doing this. And like one of the things I I don't know how you guys feel, but like you know, my four years of Atlassian, I felt like was like Atlassian, like a MBA degree for me. It was like four years of just being in like, I'm going to just try and learn like a ton of stuff. Cause I probably won't be in this environment again. And I'm just want to like, see what it is and like take the best parts of it, learn from the worst parts of it and, and see what I can do. And like, I'm kind of viewing this a lot of the same way, which is like, yeah. I didn't know if CRO is the next path. I don't know if COO, CEO is the next path either, but like I t- intend to like figure it out a little bit during this time period and hopefully, 
you know, make my shares. Well, I think yeah. some of us used to call that at Lassian University. <laughs> it was four years That's and at Lassian University. Yeah, I did great. get up earlier while I worked at Lassian <laughs> than I did during university. So, so, well, I'm not the only one with some big news. This is Stella. You recently made a big decision. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So I am starting a new company. I am putting on the founder hat or shoes or whatever again. And it is a big decision. It was something that I have been thinking about for a really long time. Coming out of Atlassian, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was sort of thinking through, well, do I want to be like a chief marketing officer? And I did some interviews and I realized that that is not what I wanted to do. And I was really enjoying angel investing. And I thought, do I want to become a venture capitalist, which I've sort of dabbled in when I was in business school and had interned before. And I realized that that's kind of a lonely path is what a lot of people say, that if you enjoy working in teams, then being being a, a partner at a venture capital firm can be frustrating. And also that if you're an operator, that can also be frustrating. And I really felt like I, I loved and, and innovation. And if the opportunity to work with people who I really respect and enjoy working with and share values with came up again, that I would pursue it. And it just so happened that two of our coworkers from Trello were took some convincing, but were also interested in starting something with me. So we are we are doing the founder thing, which is very exciting, but also extremely terrifying. Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations. It's super exciting. Tell us, so, um, you know, what, what did you kind of think about when, when you went to make this decision? You, you talked about like weighing a few options. And so what were the personal considerations for you when you decided to do this? Well, I, I didn't really, it was interesting. I feel like I struggled a lot because all of the other options to me didn't feel as good. I even had some like physical like mm-hmm. anxiety when I was interviewing at some some of these companies that were later stage and not just about the crazy valuations but just the idea of <laughs> coming into a company at a later stage and I think that made me realize that what I really enjoy is the early stage the stage where everything is really messy and ambiguous but there's also a lot of opportunity and there's a lot of opportunity to like put your own stamp on things and I think I have a very somewhat contrarian and radical approach to how I think about values and culture. And, you know, we had such a really rich experience at Trello that I wanted to be able to do that again, at least one more time. I think hopefully just one more time and then I'll do something else because this is really hard. But it's also, I don't know, I think that I really love the idea of being my own boss and owning my own future. And if I mess up, I have no one to blame but myself. That's something that's always really appealed to me. And I've I've been a founder before. It feels a lot different now at age 35 with two children and, (laughs) you know, a lot of experience under my belt than the last time I did this. But and hopefully that works in my favor. But yeah, I mean, it's it feels really exciting. I've wake up every morning, I'm really excited about the day. And it's it's the kind of challenge that is, is I think, right for me at this point in my career. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, I was talking to one of your co-founders recently, and we were saying like, you know, you can go somewhere else and you're going to be cleaning up somebody else's message or you can... <laughs> 
Make your own messes and then yeah. you're cleaning it up. You're like, well, I did this to myself. Yep, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. So it it sounds like you're feeling pretty good about it, but it's it's exhausting as well. So what are you? What are you kind of most most worried about and most excited for? It, probably the same thing. So I think like myself and my co-founders, Brian and Justin, who hopefully we can have on in a later episode to talk about this stuff together. Like we're very aligned on our values, what the mission of the company and like what we want to build. I think we are in the very early stages, we just started like a few weeks ago. So it's like literally the earliest you can possibly be. And we have like a very basic prototype and it's, you know, it's a horrible shitty MVP, which (laughs) it's supposed to be. It's supposed, it's exactly what it's supposed to be. But I think the thing that is both exciting and terrifying at the same time is, you know, that there's this thing in psychology called the spotlight effect. Have you guys heard of it? No. It's like this idea that people operate, people go about in the world thinking that everyone is paying attention to them and their decisions and that there's a giant spotlight on them. And as soon as you like recognize that that's actually not the case, that nobody's really paying, maybe your parents are paying attention to you and maybe some friends, you know, it it takes a lot of the pressure out of needing to, you know, I'm a perfectionist. So it's definitely something that I have to remind myself like not to do. But anyway, so recognizing that, I think that the thing that's the most terrifying is sort of the ambiguity of like, will we be successful again? At the same time, it's like, I know we're going to be successful, but it's that question of like, how do we get there? That that is both, it's like the same feeling. And maybe it's like when you become a parent for the first time and you're like holding your baby and you're like, it's so beautiful, but how do I make sure that I don't screw this up? (laughs) That's a little bit how I feel. Yeah. No, I love that. Well, my final question is, when can I be a beta tester? When we yes. the name of the business? <laughs> oh, we will be bringing you in, both of you. Emails already written out to you that are just waiting to That's so awesome. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Nikita. Well, I feel like I don't – my news is kind of old news now. <laughs> I've been in – these are big new things for you all. The past year for me has been pretty interesting. We've talked about it. When I left Trollnet last year and I went to a very early stage company, realized rather quickly it was not for me. And that was really challenging. You know, as you mentioned, like you start something, you want to see it through and making the decision – to not see something through is really hard. I mean, I think for me, it was especially hard because I'd gone through, you know, worked on strategy, hired a hired a team that was really good, like got to know the people, really cared about them. But I think I realized that it, it really just wasn't for me and it wasn't a best version of myself at that point. So I made the decision to leave after about six months or so, six or seven months. And I worked a lot during those six and seven months. So it was interesting to, to make a decision to kind of like, yeah, leave something behind in that way. So I think that was challenging. But <laughs> the great thing that came out of that is I ended up where I am right now as SVP head of product at The Knot Worldwide with a much bigger team with folks that that I have an affinity for. I think that we're really aligned in terms of you know, how we think about our values, the direction of the business, our processes. I think I feel a lot more What's the word? I think I feel really supported actually in this role. I think there's a way in which there there are parts of it that I know and I've done before, if you, as you've said, Kristen. But then there are others that I haven't, right? And so I am also learning as I go. And I think that I've been given a really great opportunity to learn and and figure things out. And I think 
operating a product team at this scale is something I've always wanted to do. So it's really exciting to be at that moment, but also really great. I think one of the big differences for me is I feel like I'm just learning a lot more. I think part of what happened to me at the startup was I'd seen it. I'd seen versions of it, you know, a few times before, and it wasn't clear to me that I personally was growing in that experience. And so I feel much better about, yeah, where I am right right now. It feels like a good good Nikita Miller place to be. Yeah. <laughs> Nikita, how how large is the team that you're managing right now? We have about 25, 25, 30 product managers globally. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So a much bigger team. There is a tiny human here. That's, that's, right. That is excellent. One All right. I'm back. Oh, hey. Okay. We'll have to cut this part yes, out. One sec. One sec. No worries. No worries. Yes. You were, you were asking how yes. big is the team? Yes. So the Hang team's on. about- mm-hmm. Before we move forward, just yes. for the record- Nikita, how old is your son? Four. He's four. I can't believe that. He just I came know. in and gave her a kiss goodnight, and it was the cutest thing ever, but the <laughs> listeners can't can't see that, so I'm just sharing that. Sorry. Go ahead. Back to business. <laughs> so there, the team's about 20, almost 30 globally, and it's been really – also because there's a huge international component to what I'm doing, which I really love. I think we have a U.S.-based team. We have teams in – India and Latin America and Europe, a big product team in Barcelona. And so for me, it's been really exciting because it's a lot, it's similar to how I started off my career, kind of working on distributed teams and working with international teams and different cultures and making that work. So there's a way in which I I feel like there's so many of my experiences that are coming full circle that I can actively like use in this experience while I'm also learning. So yeah, it feels really good. So tell us, walk us through that decision to leave the startup. That sounds really <laughs> tough. Yeah, um, I, I yeah. Well, everything I'll say is that you left like before a year and I'd love to I know did. how you thought about doing that because I think that's a lot of like, the. it's like, oh, you can't leave before I a did. year. I um, did. You know, I think that's, yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting question. Folks always say that. And I think that's, that's kind of the advice I have also given over the years as folks have joined, joined teams. When I was making this decision last year, it was very much, I had this realization, I think I mentioned this in one of our podcasts where like I, I make one investment with my time and my energy career-wise in a year. So it's not like our my angel investing or venture investing where you get all of these chances. And so for me, when I looked at the, the my personal calculation of what I was doing, who I was doing it with, what I was learning or not learning, what I was foregoing in terms of my time and my energy and the kind of problems I was solving, I think for me, it was just like when I did that math, it didn't add up. Like it just... It just made it very clear to me personally that if I were going to make one big investment, which is my time, my biggest investment at this point, then I don't think this is exactly where I would have made it. And so so that made it easier, theoretically. Actually, it was really hard because there were great people and I, I started building this team and we had milestones. So I stayed to see a few of those things through. But I also at some point realized that there would always be milestones and always be things to see through. And so I just wanted, I, I thought it was a better, it was a, a good time for me. I also talked to a lot of mentors because I was really worried about the, the what's the word? Optics. The optics. That's the word. Thank you. <laughs> I was really worried about the optics of leaving a job at that level of seniority, you know, in under a year. And I feel 
April talked about this a little bit last in one of these sessions, but I feel much more confident in like my abilities as a professional and just as a grown up human to be able to make these decisions and not necessarily have to justify them to recruiters and others. But I could, so, so that was a really liberating thing to be totally honest though. I didn't arrive at that on my own. I like, I talked to a bunch of my mentors. I talked to a bunch of my friends. I had to like go through the whole process to like mm-hmm. get myself to the point where I could comfortably make that decision. And I feel really grateful that I had a bunch of folks to kind of talk it through with to get to that point. And after making that decision and now you're where you are, have your goals changed at all for the future? Ooh, that's a, <laughs> a good question. I think I'm in the process of of reevaluating a lot of my goals because, you know, the work that we do as operators, it's hard and it's energy consuming and it's time consuming. And, and, you know, there's a way in which, you know, as Kristen mentioned, like, I don't know if it's COO, like, I don't know if I'm going to follow in Kristen's (laughs) footsteps or CEO. I don't think it's a founder. I don't think founder life is for me. So, so maybe not that, but I I'm currently in the, you know, what are what's the extent of these ambitions and personally i'm experiencing a lot right now because you know my tiny humans are are growing up and they're at a time where they're just like more active and curious and interested and figuring out what kind of time i'll be spending with them is really important right now and and i haven't yet seen it you know that the coo ceo path that that isn't all consuming i just like haven't seen examples of it so so I'm still trying to figure out what that'll actually look like. So my goals haven't changed, but I'm definitely trying to figure out what the trade-offs are. Trade-offs, man. It's yeah, all yeah. about trade-offs. Yeah. All right. Well, that was awesome. I think that that covers the topic for today, kind of a, a short, sweet one, which is ironic because transitions are like <laughs> lengthy, time-consuming, mentally draining processes. But well, thanks for everyone for joining us today as we kind of celebrated each other's transitions and shared some of the behind-the-scenes thinking and processes that went into making those those judgment calls. This has been Cross-Functional and Friendly Functional Pod. And hear all of our episodes on crossfunctionalpodcast.com. See you next time. Thanks, everyone.